Welcome to this uh, live stream message from the Neighborhood Church. I'm really glad to be with you, even though we're apart. I'm really glad that you've logged on or that you're listening in. I hope you stick with us because this evening we're going to begin a new story. And within this story, I want to give you a question, a challenge, and a promise, okay? But before we get there, I want to give you a prayer that you can pray and take with you each day this week. Because I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes the days start to bleed together here in the last couple uh, weeks of sheltering in place. Uh, We felt it this week when our girls woke up one morning and we had breakfast and we put on the coffee. We were just starting to get into our day when Amy looked at our girls and said, all right guys, you ready to start school today? And our youngest immediately goes, mm, nah. And then our oldest immediately after that goes, uh, wait a minute, I thought it was Sunday. And we both started dying laughing because we said, no, it's Wednesday. It's not Sunday, it's Wednesday. And Nora, just because you didn't feel like doing school, we still gotta do school. But for them, the days just started running together. And Emma thought it was a Sunday when, in fact, we were a long way from Sunday. It was Wednesday. So if you're like me, sometimes those days start to bleed together. So it's good, I think, no matter what day it is, to begin with this verse from Psalm 143. If you've got a Bible, look up Psalm 143, verse 8. This is the prayer that I want to begin with. This is the prayer I want to give to you for each day this week. Psalm 143 verse 8 says this. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. That's Psalm 143, verse 8. I love that verse because I imagine the psalmist waking up every single morning and checking his email inbox with a word of God's unfailing, never-stopping, never-ceasing love. What a difference it would make to wake up each morning ready to receive a fresh reminder of God's mercy and love. Psalm 143, verse 8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. That's our opening prayer. So let's pray through that in each phrase together. Wherever you sit, wherever you hear this, would you just take a breath right where you are, Just become aware that God is with you and pray this phrase. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Would you sit with that phrase just a moment? Become aware that God is with you, that the God who is love wants to share that love with you. Would you just pause right now, take another breath, and be reminded 
that he loves you. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. And then the psalmist continues, For I have put my trust in you. Would you pray that phrase? For I have put my trust in you. You may be holding on to some anxiety or some worry, some obstacle. Could I invite you right now just to place that in his hands? To put that into his care? For I have put my trust in you. And then the psalmist in Psalm 143 verse 8 continues. He says, show me the way I should go. So just pray that, show me the way I should go. Some of you need reminding that he is still inviting you into life and love. So allow him to show you the way you should go. Then take another breath and finally, in that Psalm 143 verse 8, that final phrase says again, For to you I entrust my life. Could you pray that phrase? For to you I entrust my life. Maybe you need reminding of the firm foundation in an uncertain time, in an uncertain place, that we have a God we can trust. For to you I entrust my life. I really hope that you can be present here for just the next few moments. Trusting that the future will be there, that the next hour, 30 minutes, let it wait for you. Right now, just entrust yourself to the care of the one who loves us with an unfailing, never-stopping love. So God, we pray, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Amen. Maybe you want to take that verse with you each week, each morning, as the days might bleed together. Know that every morning is a fresh start for a fresh reminder of the unfailing, never stopping, never ceasing love of God. He is with us. He will not leave us nor forsake us. And in this moment, he's inviting you to seek him and find him right where you sit. So to that end, I want to share with you the beginning of a new story. It's the book of Acts. I want to take the stories of the risen Jesus that we've followed through the Easter season all the way into the next season, which is Pentecost. There's a 40-day period between Easter Sunday and Pentecost. We're going to be talking about that in the next few weeks. But tonight, I want to give you a question. I want to give you a challenge And I want to give you a promise. And we're going to be in Acts chapter 1 at the very beginning of that story. The question, the challenge, and the promise are all under the umbrella of this expansive story that you and I are invited into. And we begin with that story in Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 5. So maybe you want to swipe there, open up a new tab, or hold a Bible like I am, and hear these words of Luke, who wrote the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, 
I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say thanks be to God. In just a moment, we're going to get to that question, that challenge, and that promise. I hope you'll stick with us. But for now, I want to talk to you about a movie, and a movie that was released in 2008. So place yourself back in a time before all these crazy superhero movies to one of the first of this current era. In fact, it was the first. In 2008, Iron Man was released, starring Robert Downey Jr., who plays Tony Stark. And Tony Stark is the character that becomes Iron Man. And he saves the day and all is well. And at the end of that first movie... Tony Stark, who is already a public figure, holds a press conference. And at that press conference, in the last scene of the movie, he says, I am Iron Man. Do you remember that? I remember sitting in the theater in 2008. I don't really love superhero movies, but I remember thinking, that's crazy. And it was one of those moments that maybe you've had when you see one of those big blockbusters where the movie ends and you're like, there's going to be a sequel. What I didn't realize at the time was as the credits rolled, the lights were still low because that ending wasn't actually the ending. Now, 2008, imagine this is the first big Marvel Studios movie you've seen, and all of a sudden the credits roll and the picture resumes. This time, there's a character called Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson. He sees Tony Stark, and he says, guess what? You're not the only superhero. Let me tell you something about the Avengers Initiative. That was 12 years ago. It's hard to imagine a time before the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But in 2008, the ending that just begged for a sequel, and then the ending after the ending, with that little teaser about the Avengers promised not just a sequel, but the ongoing, expansive Marvel Universe. Oh, shout out to you Marvel Cinematic Universe fans. I don't know how you keep up with all those characters, all those stories, one after another after another. One story ends, but it just feeds into the next story, and the next, and the next, and the next. It wasn't just a sequel. It was an ongoing, expansive universe. Last week, we got the short ending from Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 24, on Easter, Jesus is raised. He's spending time with his disciples. We get the short ending. And it's pointing to a sequel that's not actually a sequel. 
The book of Acts is the story that opens up the ongoing, expanding universe where we're introduced to this character and this story that leads to this story and that story and this story. And here's the trick. The story that Luke will tell in the next 28 chapters of the book of Acts is actually just the beginning. The universe is still expanding, and you can't help but read the book of Acts and not feel the pull and invitation to get into the story yourself. Luke is writing this story to invite us to the next chapter and the next chapter and the next now, you may have heard when what we just read in Luke chapter, excuse me, Acts chapter 1, Luke wrote, in the first book, the Gospel of Luke, I started to write all that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, here's the implication. Jesus must be continuing to do and teach in this story he's telling. Do you sense that? In the first book, here's all that Jesus began to do and teach. But the implication is this. What you're about to read is a continuation of Jesus who's still alive, who's still doing, and still teaching alongside an ever-expanding cast of characters that's inviting you to take up the story and keep on with Jesus. That's what's remarkable about this story that he's telling. We have it as the Acts of the Apostles, but you could just as easily call it the Acts of Jesus, or you could just as easily say the Acts of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, it's really a story about all of that, because it's the story of Jesus through the Holy Spirit and his people bringing the good news to everyone everywhere. And you and I are here today because they went with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit and it whittled its way all the way down to this moment, in this time, in this place for you to get invited into this ongoing story today. In the book of Acts, Jesus makes a few small glimpses in Acts chapter 1 or Acts chapter 9, 10, 23, but the presence permeates every paragraph of the story Luke is telling. So our first question is this, in which story are you living? That's the question. In which story are you living? Some of us might feel like we are too small. Why would we need to pick up the reins and continue on this story? Because if you're familiar with the book of Acts, there's some amazing things that we read in its pages. But understand that the book of Acts are these highlights, these greatest hits that Luke has arranged to compel us and invite us into the story. But he can't give you every character and every story, but he gives you enough and invites enough people so that you might see that you are never too small to get in on this. In the book of Acts, it really is going to everyone, everywhere. People you never thought would get invited into the story are invited here. 
you are not too small to get into this story. You might be living in a story that's too small. A story that says, it's all about me and my needs and my bank account, my job, my desires, my wants. And there's a degree to which that's not wrong, it's just not enough. The God of the universe is inviting you into an expansive life. The God of the universe is inviting you into an empowered life. Because if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we need a power source beyond ourselves just to make it each day. Acts tells the story of the God who's willing to share his life with you. So the question we begin our time with is, in which story are you living? You're not too small. Your story might be too small, but you are invited to get swept up into the bigger, more expansive story that's still being written. Luke writes this story to Theophilus. Theophilus could have been a person, could have been a patron that was paying Luke to research and put together this story. Could have been a person of high social status. It could have been a person that was hearing about Jesus and leaning into the story of Jesus, but was struggling to get that story into his own heart. Do you hear me? Theophilus means friend of God. Or you could also translate that common name, Theophilus, in Luke's day, beloved of God. Whether Theophilus was an actual person or a symbolic audience, we are all Theophilus. You're here listening to this, watching this, because you heard the story of Jesus, but you might need help getting that story into your own bones and heart. This is the invitation. In which story are you living Someone struggling to get into the story that needs this story to get into them. I'm here to tell you that this Jesus who began to do and teach is still doing, still teaching, still healing. The Holy Spirit promised in the passage we read a moment ago is still healing, still empowering, still enlivening people to a reality so much bigger than what you can see in your living room but he's inviting you to it right now, right here. You might be feeling like I do a little bit, that this pandemic and sheltering in place has put a huge pause button on your life, right? That you may not know what the other side of this is. You don't know when it's going to happen. That's completely natural. Our whole world has a pause button hit on it. But the story that you're invited into leads us to see that waiting is part of it. This brings us to the challenge. And the challenge is to sit with Jesus. Where Acts picks up is with a people waiting, waiting for God to finish what he started. In the church calendar, Easter's not just a day, it's a season. Some people call it Easter tide, and it sets off this season of 40 days that follows the story that we just read about. The 40 days between Easter Sunday when Jesus was raised and the festival of Pentecost, 
They don't know when the Spirit of God is going to come. They don't know how it's going to look. They don't know when, how, or what. They're waiting. Now, the challenge then, like them, is to sit. And nobody likes to wait and sit. But that's the challenge I'm inviting you into. Waiting is part of the story. During their waiting, Jesus keeps showing up. I love this. We get glimpses of it. Luke tells us he was instructing them through the Holy Spirit. He was showing them he's the real deal. He was raised in his body. He's eating with them. He's showing them and strengthening them with many convincing proofs. Did you read that? Did you hear that? It's almost as if Jesus is showing up before he sends them out to say, look, this is a firm foundation. You're witnesses to this. I'm really alive. Paul will later say there's dozens and dozens and dozens of people that attest to seeing Jesus. Jesus is spending that 40 days to sit with his people and his people are waiting and sitting with him. One time Jesus is having a dinner party with them and he was talking to them about the kingdom of God. Jesus was talking about what he always talked about, which is the kingdom of God. If you read Luke part one, the gospel, every parable goes like this. The kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like. He's inviting people to repent and trust. Follow me into this kingdom, 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 kingdom. This is what Jesus talked about in that 40 days because it's what he always talked about. I remember sitting about a year and a half ago with a chaplain but this was not a chaplain at a hospital. He was a chaplain at a company. And so he would spend time throughout the day taking meetings with employees in this particular company. And he was telling me something I'll never forget. He said, every day I sit down with a person and I think to myself, this might be the only conversation I have with them. And he sits with this question. If this is the only conversation I have with them, what should I talk about? What a question. If you only had one conversation with one person in this moment, what are you talking about? Isn't that fascinating? That's a weighty question, if you ask me. If I only had one conversation, what am I talking about? If Jesus had one conversation, it would be about the kingdom of God. It would be about the invitation for all people to live under his gracious and loving reign. It would be about a kingdom that will outlast all the kingdoms and governments struggling with the weak ahead. It would be about a kingdom in which you are invited to experience the expansive story of God that is ongoing. The challenge is, are you going to sit with Jesus to hear about it. I want to give you a practical challenge. For the next seven days, I want you to think about, in addition to reading scripture, because Jesus told them about scripture, we saw that in the last several stories, in addition to praying for others and yourself, would you, for seven days, set a timer on your phone, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, to sit, and I mean to sit. And what I mean in addition to scripture and prayer, to sit is less about saying something, 
and more about being with someone. When I say sit with Jesus, I mean less about talking to him and more about being present to his presence. If that sounds weird to you, I want you to just try it on for size and see if it just might transform the following five minutes, ten minutes, or afternoon. I knew another person in another state that was the owner of a large business, and his company instituted a policy that in the middle of their day, they had a five-minute pause button to just stop whatever they're up to, whether it was on the warehouse floor or in the offices in front of their computers, to stop and sit. Some of these employees were Buddhists, they were Muslims, they were atheists. doesn't matter. Sit and see how it might transform your perspective. It starts to train us to the fact that waiting is part of the story. You're sensing a pause button because of this pandemic. Guess what? It won't be the last pause button for your whole life. How would you use this time to sit? And if you're a follower of Jesus, sit with Jesus because even the presence of Jesus is salvific and life-giving. Let him fill you up. Your mind will wander. That's okay. Pause, come back, think, pray, be present, Jesus. It's less about talking to someone. It's more about being with someone. Sit with Jesus. Seven days, try it. Try it. Set a timer on your phone, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. Every day, reflect back at the end of your week. What does it look like to sit with Jesus? It's interesting that Luke says this was a period of 40 days. That's a common Bible theme. Any Bible reader hears 40 days and like, oh, that sounds familiar. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, fasting, being tempted, praying. The Israelites were in the wilderness 40 years, 40, 40, 40. It's a theme for preparation. Now, last week, a week ago Saturday, after we did this live stream, we got a porch delivery from someone in our church. Shout out Caravan. She's been gardening and doing an amazing job. And she was telling me about this. And she said, I've also been growing lettuce. And we said, whoa, that'd be awesome because the girls bought a tortoise in January. That's another story. And this dude eats a ton of lettuce. So she's like, well, let me bring you some lettuce. So last Saturday, we have a pot. I don't know what you call this. Of lettuce. And it was beautiful. And it was amazing. And so Monday or Tuesday, we're sitting out on the patio and we take a look at the lettuce and we notice what you might notice, some holes. And we actually found whole chunks taken out of the side of this lettuce. And we thought, that's weird. And on closer inspection, we saw a caterpillar. And we thought, oh, that's wild. We bring the girls over. We're looking at the caterpillar. Oh, that's crazy. Look at him, man. This dude is going to town. So we set the lettuce down and we go about our day. The next morning, we're on the patio. The same caterpillar is still making a lettuce buffet out of this wonderful gift from Kara. Kara, I'm sorry. We're trying to go organic. Caterpillars are just going to come and they're going to go. But this dude was next level. He was going crazy. Now, we knew the story, the little kid's book, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. But I'm not much of a gardener, so I didn't realize the why. This caterpillar had a lettuce buffet because that's what they do before what? 
before they get into their cocoon, right? This guy was eating so that he would be prepared for the transformation. Some of you are eye-rolling at my metaphor, but please bear with me because I think it's fitting, right? This 40-day period of Jesus and his disciples is preparation for the transformation that's about to take place. They don't know when the Holy Spirit's going to come. They just know that they've got to wait well enough and be in the presence of Jesus to get into the story he's inviting them into. It's preparation for transformation. Do you understand that the story of Acts is the first generation of Jesus' followers pioneering the way of new creation? They are the first ones fleshing out in real time, bringing the good news to everyone, everywhere. You think they needed some preparation? I do. It's so crazy because we think that we're always doing the next thing and the latest and greatest. But here's the thing and the truth with spiritual matters. Before you do, you've got to be. I think our being must precede our doing. And this is what we see at the beginning of the story. How are you going to use the pause button to sit with Jesus? If you're going to make it out of this waiting game, you've got to sit with Jesus and trust a power source that's beyond you. So the question I gave you, in which story are you living? There's a bigger one you're invited into. Second, the challenge, sit with Jesus. Sit with Jesus. Try this week. Seven days, set a timer. Finally, my promise. It's not my promise. It's Jesus' promise, and it goes like this. God will fill your life with his life. Let me say that again. This is our promise, our third and final point. God will fill your life with his life. We live in a world in which God makes promises and keeps them. We live in a world in which God makes promises and keeps them, even though you've got to wait. Do you realize this? I think you do at a soul level, an internal level, but we never like to wait. The story you're invited into begins with waiting. It begins with sitting, but it also begins with the promise. And the promise, he says, is that you've got to self-quarantine and shelter in place. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait. He says, wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Here's what's fascinating, is that Luke began the first part in the gospel about John the Baptist. He's going to baptize you with water, but Jesus, he's the one that's going to plunge you into the very life and breath of God. Now, guys, you've waited. You've heard about it. It's been a couple years. Just wait a few more days, but God will fill your life with his life. I need you to hear this. They didn't know when. They didn't know how. They didn't know what it was going to look like. They only trusted that it will happen. You don't know how you're going to make it through. You don't know what it's going to look like. You don't know when. I'm inviting you to trust the God who makes 
promises and keeps them, even if you've got to wait, that he will get you through, that he will fill your life with his life. It's the promise for these who are waiting and for you and I who are invited into that ongoing story of all that Jesus began to do and teach and is still continuing. For those that call out to him, he will share his life with you. Paul, who we meet in Acts, will write a lot of the rest of the New Testament. And he loads his letters to these early churches with promises. Promises like, God will never leave you nor forsake you. Promises that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Promises that he is with us, that he will empower us, that he will fill us. Promise, promise, promise. Let me tell you what. He even talks about how God will raise you up. Jesus said, you will have life and have life to the full. Guess what? You don't know when. You don't know what exactly it'll look like. You don't know how it will look, but you've got to trust that it will. We're in a pause button waiting. Sit with Jesus. You're invited into a story that's so much bigger than yourself, but you're not too small to take a part of it. So I want to end with this. You know, I spent too much of my life in those seasons of waiting and the pause buttons, always thinking about there, right? When I get there, when I'm doing that job, oh man, this was me when I was like in school, Oh, well, when I get out to do what I really want to do, when I get out to research, study, whatever, at what I really want to, even when I was starting in ministry, oh, when I can really do this or that or the other. Here's the trick. I spent way too much of my life worrying about there that I missed the here. And here is what I want you to understand. You may feel the pause button, but the story is here. You may feel like Jesus has forsaken you, but Jesus is here. You may feel like the Spirit of God who's enlivening and empowering all these other people is not with you, but he's here. I need you to understand what Thomas Merton said. The gate of heaven is everywhere, even here. The gate of heaven is everywhere. In which story are you living it's here. Sit with Jesus. He's here. God will fill your life with his life because he's here. I don't know what next week will look like. I don't know much, but I know that he is with us. Even when we're waiting, even in spite of persecution, the story is inviting you because it's his story, and he is here. So may you live into the bigger, more expansive, ongoing story that is still being written, and it needs your help. May you sit with Jesus this week to be present to the presence that is filling and permeating every space, as the book of Acts will remind us, in him we live and move and have our being, even in your own homes. May you trust the promise that God will fill your life with his life. Oh, that we would just be open and ready to receive as we wait.
in the strong name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Be blessed, be with him this week. Amen.